Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. I have my friend here, real estate agent, Lou Zhou. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, Lou, it's been a while. It's been a really long time. And I'm always just curious, based on the circumstances, how, how are you coping in the pandemic? How are things? Um, yeah, no, it's definitely been a long time. Again, Daniel, thank you so much for having me. It's been great connecting after a few years and to see how far you've come. It's absolutely amazing. So thanks again. Um, the pandemic has definitely been interesting. I think this is definitely going to be something we're going to talk about, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the line. Um, I think overall, though, it's been good for me. I know a lot of unfortunate things have been happening to other people, which it is sad to see but I think I've been able to double down a lot, um, open up, you know, new creative doors, get reconnected with people. And I think just um, have a per uh, perception shift in terms of what's really important. So I think it's been good overall. Yeah. And I've seen, um, you know, your growth as well um, in the industry. And that's something I wanted to talk to you more about basically have real estate and, you know, the market is on fire and, you know, I see nonstop people posting. And I think a lot of people that are not in the industry are questioning how could it be on fire when everything else is uh, slowly dying <laughs> or being affected by the pandemic. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I want to give the audience some background. Uh, we last worked together at like a streetwear boutique clothing store, 507 <laughs> represent. And I remember, <laughs> you, <laughs> I remember you always uh, had a taste for fashion. And yeah. when we, when we were speaking, when we were speaking and uh, working together, I never really got the sense uh, you were in real estate or never really got the sense you were going to pursue it. So you are now an accomplished 1% realtor in Toronto. What made you transition to a career uh, in real estate? Yeah. Um, wow. 507. That's crazy. I, I, right? st I still, I still love that. Um, that job. It was, it was definitely different, I think, than any other retail store, I will 100%, say. 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, it's funny that you say that because I never really even saw myself in real estate. Um, I think the transition from retail to real estate happened through a lot of things. Um, funny enough, in high school, I used to always say, you know, whatever I do in the future, I'm, I'm going to do real estate on the side, not really knowing what it actually took to be a full-time realtor, but had no real connection to real estate. Um, and then growing up, you know, I was raised by a single mother. So we typically just rented a lot. We lived in different areas of the GTA. You know, we rented basement apartments, which I honestly loved. Um, and, you know, my mom did an absolute like incredible job. I'm really proud of everything that she was able to do for me when we were growing up. So, um, it wasn't until I think later in my teens, she was able to purchase her uh, a condo in North York. And it wasn't until one year after that, we were just chatting about something and the condo came up and she said, you know what, I just saw um, a recent comparable sold in the same building sell for $100,000 more than what we bought it a year ago. Had we had waited, you know, we wouldn't have been able to make the purchase. And so that was the first time for me where I realized, you know, the power of real estate. I was really introduced um, to how real estate could create wealth for others. 
fast forward to 507, I think I was there for about four years. And it wasn't until the fourth year that a lot of our clients that come in, you know, number one, were real estate agents. Um, I know a couple of people had uh, friends that were, that had, you know, their own real estate brokerages. And they were saying, you know, have you ever thought about getting into real estate? I feel like you would be good because you're good with people and, um, and such and such. And so it was slowly kind of instilled uh, into me a lot in that fourth year where it was just literally one day I woke up and I said, okay, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And I drove to the um, Aurea office and signed up and, and that was that. So, yeah. And what was, what was that experience like? Was it challenging at first or, you know, were you a natural just getting right in there because you already had a familiarity with sales. Um, right. And I've seen you in action. Like it, it clearly you had a talent for that, but did that help you uh, with real estate? I think so. Definitely the sales background helped and not so much the sales was it's more so connecting with people like, you know, when we were on the floor, we had to greet everyone, you know, that came in. So it was initially just breaking the ice with people, chatting to people and building a relationship with clients that would constantly come back. And so I think that definitely gave me um, a leg up and a, I guess a more, um, made me more comfortable into heading into real estate, but there was so much more that I didn't know that when I first got into it, I literally felt like, whoa, I was so out of my league. Um, And it took a big toll on my mindset. I had to readjust my mindset a lot uh, within the first year. And uh, so, you know, after that, after it got readjusted and really just focused on, I guess, being authentic and who I am to the people that I serve to my audience, that's when things really changed for me. That's, that's a very good point that you said about um, it being competitive uh, because, you know, someone who's been in sales uh, for many years, I know what it's like. And even in the industry that I'm in, in film, you can see it as competitive, even though you're not supposed to sometimes, you're supposed to see it as inspirational. But I know for a fact with real estate, because I have friends or people that I know uh, through my social media that are in real estate. And based on the content that they're posting, you can get that vibe. It's very uh, competitive. It it seems all polished, but the underlying tone is there's a lot to be at the end. You have to make a commission and you have to meet a certain goal. Does that get to you sometimes does that get in the way of how you work um i think in the beginning when you know you're kind of starting off with nothing you're taking that big jump um it is a little bit scary because you're going to something that was you know more stable into something that's not stable um at all right um but now i think now that i've built up you know more of a database it's really just it's, it's a relationship driven business um i know a lot of people that are also successful doing transactional or you know doing it the transactional way um i've never been that way i feel relationship is a lot more powerful and so So I think as you move forward in the business, as you build up your clientele and work with people that work well with you, um, it starts to become obviously, you know, like a a more well-oiled machine and it helps you be a little bit more comfortable as well. Right. So it's about a balance and having you associate yourself with people that are like-minded and that elevate you. Right. That's great. And that leads me to my next point. Uh, One thing I enjoy a lot about your content is again, as we establish your real estate agent, and I've seen a lot of real estate agents uh, posting their content, but what you do unique is it's not 
a house, not an apartment with the address in the caption. It's usually um, a tip or uh, an, an explanatory caption um, where you're inciting positivity. You're, you know, helping with a, um, a healthy mindset and essentially well-being uh, for people who have well-being. What made you sort of explore that sort of content that, and what is your strategy behind positivity uh, being implemented in real estate? Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for, for noticing that. I guess for me, like even before real estate, I've always just liked social media, um, the social media, you know, posting side of things. Um, and I think what it is now is, you know, social media, the internet, anyone that's looking into get uh, into getting into real estate, whether it's buying, selling, investing, um, they can find a lot of the information themselves online now, right? They Google it, they YouTube it, probably before they reach out to a real estate um, professional. And so I know a lot of agents, they don't like that a lot of information is available, but I think on my end, it's, it's either, you know, you're either going to be a part of that or you're not, right? So you're either going to put out the information or you're not going to be out there at all. Um, on the other end, so I know, you know, there are some agents that specifically only post real estate posts, right? And that works for them. I know a lot of them that do incredibly well. I think for me, again, because I am more relational, I want to connect with people and I want them to understand, I guess, who I am as a person behind, you know, the the, the social media screen, um, you know, behind the phone so that they get to know and understand who I am so that if they do want to work with me, we're most likely going to be a good fit together because we, sh we stay we share, sorry, the same values, morals, the same, you know, perception on life. And that's where, you know, I, I enjoy posting things on positivity. I enjoy, you know, posting, um, of course, like buyer's tips, seller tips, things like that, because I want others that watch it to feel a little bit more comfortable if they do decide to reach out to me. It's more like chatting with a friend versus chatting with, you know, someone that you don't really kind of know. And it breaks that, I guess, awkward um, introduction moment. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you, you know, again, I'm not a real estate agent and I've never worked in the industry, but I can see why your content's more effective um, than opposed to, again, everyone has their own method. And we can't uh, condemn them for that. But someone in film, seeing you speak about mental health or well-being, one post uh, particularly that I enjoyed um, and that comes to mind is you were on like a hiatus. You explained in one of your captions, like I took two weeks off and you were talking about a burnout. And that's something yeah. I'm, I probably am experiencing myself. I don't know what it is. This past week, I've been a bit, you know, not the most energetic self um, and I'm just kind of concerned, but I feel like it, it could be that a burnout because I've just been doing these podcasts and these vlogs nonstop. And it just takes a lot of energy out of these, uh, the, the editing and just putting it together, really. And I'm sure you can relate. Um, how do you avoid a burnout? How do you kind of prevent yourself from experiencing one again? I love this question. Oh my God, Daniel, you're doing so good. By the way, your podcasts you. <laughs> are absolutely amazing. Your attention to detail is impeccable. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think I really, I, I remember that post and I think I've made other posts somewhat similar to that. And I really wanted to make it because, you know, essentially like, yes, 
let's say, you know, you're on film, I'm in real estate. It's a two different, it's, it's a completely different industry, but it's still entrepreneurship, right? You still have to set your own schedule. You still have to, you know, do um, specific things just like an entrepreneur would. And burnout, I think, if anything, comes mentally, not so much physically, because we're constantly working our brains, um, you know, thinking about what to do next, how to be more creative, um, you know, how to, let's say, um, create more opportunities for us. But I specifically wanted to make that post um, geared towards whether it was, you know, entrepreneurship or anyone, because I think with social media, it's great on one end because, you know, it's all, it's, it's filled with, you know, positivity, um, you know, you have so much influencers on there telling you to do this, you got to be on, you got to wake up at 5am, you know, finish at 12 and continue to do so. And I really wanted to make that post because a lot of us burn out. And it's okay. I think when people, people are a little bit more worried about, you know, talking about themselves, either taking a rest, taking a break, because they think that it makes them look weak or it makes them um, look incapable of what uh, they should be doing or what they can be doing. And I wanted to make that post to let them know that it's okay. You don't have to be on all the time. You, your energy level doesn't have to be high all the time. You know, if you're only, if you're doing 100% of 30%, like that's incredible already. And that's kind of why I really want to make that post. But how I avoid burnout is I definitely take breaks. Um, waking up early in the morning and having a morning routine for me is crucial. So getting my meditation in, my journaling in personally for me creates that peace and heightens my energy so that I'm able to move throughout the day and give to anybody um, that that needs me to give back to my clients, my friends, my family. I time block like a psycho. So I'll, you know, I'll put in when I need to reach out to my mom, my friends. Um, I found that in the beginning of the business, I was neglecting all of that. Um, and which isn't good either, right? You need to have fun as well. You need to live your life. And um, so I do little things throughout the day. Um, so that I avoid the burnout. But obviously, when it does pile up, I take a day right? I take right. a day, do what I want, you know, go for a drive, do something that really makes me happy. Um, I know it's been a little bit harder with COVID, but there are lots of things I think that if you actually sat down and said, okay, what would make me happy? Um, what would I be happy doing? Like what would lift my mood? And then just go and do that. And that, that's totally fine. Yeah. I think it's very important. Um, that's something that I have to tell myself, uh, and for anyone who's listening that knows uh, being hard on yourself, it's okay to take a day off. It's okay to just embrace um, laziness and and yeah. veg out and just watch TV because especially for creatives, it, it takes a lot um, out of you and you need that replenishment. You need to get those creative juices going by separating from the work. A lot of times when I write, I step away from the laptop and then when I return the next day, it's fresh in the morning, I'm ready to go at it. Uh, or sometimes I might have to take a week off. So I think a lot of us can relate with that. And I think there's a, a correlation for sure with burning out. And I wanted to ask you, um, how do you deal with that? Like with the pressures, do you feel it's a, there's a connection to burning out? Do you think it's a lot of pressures of what you see on Instagram or, and what you see in the industry? Is there a competition that gets you to that point? Yeah. 
I think definitely, again, in the beginning, I felt it a lot more because my database was not where it was now. Um, I mean, till this day, I still have moments where I burn out. There's a lot, you know, that goes into real estate. It can be very stressful. Like, it's amazing because I get to help people tremendously, right? It's one of the biggest, it's probably going to be the biggest investment of their life. But what people don't see is the good and bad that goes into it. You have to have a lot of conversations because it's so stressful for them. You know, you want to be there um, for them as much as you can. And sometimes that's, you know, calls at 10 o'clock just to calm them down or walk them through the process again, right? Um, a lot of things are out of our control versus, you know, like, as you mentioned, the process. Um, the market right now was on fire, right? We're dealing with, you know, 30, even 60 offers on a property where only one person is going to get it, right? If you're in that 30 offers and you don't get it, you know, sometimes you have to have a conversation with people and it's not a fun conversation to have. It's not For fun sure. to let them know that, you know what, hey, you didn't get the house, you know, and you have to have that maybe multiple times before they get uh, you know, a property. And so for me, you know, day to day, I get a ton of calls, a ton of texts. And it's like, oh my God, how do I get back to these? Like my instinct when I get a text, and I think for most people, it's you got to respond, right? You you, you want to respond as, as quick as possible. People yeah. are reaching up, you know, through Instagram. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like driving, I'm doing an offer. And it's that mentality that can build up so quick where you just feel over overwhelmed. And then mm -hmm. you just, okay, right. And then that's what leads to, you know, burnout, the constant of, okay, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Yeah. I gotta do that. And that's where time blocking for me has been a savior where it's like, okay, what's super urgent and important that I need to do right now. So yes, you know, people can be calling me, people can be, you know, texting me on social media and emailing me and such and such. And so it's been important for me to really block out, okay, what takes priority right now? Before, when I first started, it was super, I was super unhealthy. I would wake up at five and I wouldn't go to sleep until 12. Um, I would only eat one meal a day because it was so, you know, stressed and Chaotic, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so now I try to make sure that I balance it as much as possible. So I avoid that. And it's the constant, um, you know, being needed everywhere. So as soon as I put everyone in their little box, that's reach out to me like, okay, you I'm going to get back to after I eat lunch, or you know, you I'm going to get back to after I work on this. Um, I think for a lot of real estate agents out there when we're being bombarded by texts and emails and calls, we're working on one thing, and then we go to here, and then we go to there, and then nothing gets done, and everything's half-assed, and I think that yeah. creates, um, and I, I can totally see you relating to this, because you're in the creative um, industry, you want to do everything to the best of yeah. your ability, and when you're being pulled from so many different angles, you're kind of, you know, you're 30% here, 25% there, and you're not giving your full, and that's what I think is one of the ways that creates um, burnout, and so for me to be able to put everything in their box and um, time block it has been a huge uh, lifesaver for me. Yeah, it's very important. And I think you're alluding to organization as well, right? right. You have a you have a schedule and um, everything is accounted for. Uh, one thing that I remember uh, reading uh, on um, an article on the internet was instead of having 30 things to do in a day or 35, because everyone thinks they could do everything, just have six, just have yeah. seven, even if two of them are just menial tasks like exercise or 
do, uh, take out the dishes, <laughs> clean the, you know, just something, yeah. something as simple as that. Um, it's an accomplishment. Um, one thing in my videos that I mentioned about my morning routine is making your bed. People don't realize how simplistic uh, that act is. Uh, can make you feel so accomplished, but also make you feel clean and organized and ready to conquer the day. Um, Absolutely. So I think having uh, those, I guess, health, healthy routines and, and uh, those tactics can prevent burnout. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, you mentioned something about journaling. And that's something that I, again, I'm a writer and I write creatively. And there's a lot of emotions that it, it, it takes out of me to get that story across. But I never really, I, I should say, I have, I have written down like notes about, you know, thoughts or what I'm going through. Is that helpful? Is that something you do as well uh, when you speak of journaling? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's two types of journaling that I do. One is, you know, affirmations, goal setting, you know, just visualizing as I'm writing. And then the other mm -hmm. end, which I think is really important too, is just journaling how you're feeling, what happened in the day, you know, what I was happy for that, you know, that happened, what I'm grateful for. And just really have a good brain dump. Um, again, I think burnout comes, I would say, you know, 95% of it does come from um, the mental end and our thoughts and our emotions. And right. a lot of times our mind is going, you know, 100 miles a minute. And what really helps me is just taking a moment. And especially in the morning, I, I typically journal only in the morning or in the evening, um, unless I'm really having like a busy day, a stressful day, and I need to brain dump. So everything that you're just thinking in your head, that voice in your head that would just continue talking, 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 I put that on paper. And um, it's like, it's a really, really good release. Um, it helps me relax more. It helps me get back in the zone and get focused and present. And then I'm able to, you know, move on with my day. That's perfect. Yeah. And I'm, and I like, again, that you mentioned, uh, about being grateful, you'll write down affirmations and, uh, remind yourself, uh, I always say trick your, your brain, rewire it, um, to think, you know, the, even the littlest things, like I'm grateful for my AirPods yeah. <laughs> in my ears. Right. Um, yeah. one, one thing I mentioned in the video too, is, uh, when I talk, when I tell people is, you know, you should be very grateful. You should be, oh, sorry. <laughs> I love an interruption. Um, you should be grateful for, if you're listening to this podcast, that you have internet, that you have that accessibility. A lot of people don't even have that at all. So we don't realize, and I'm guilty of this. I'm not at all um, clean where I, you know, get, we get carried away with ourselves. And I think it's a generation thing where we think we have so much and we forget um, what we have. Absolutely. But, you know, speaking, speaking about that. And again, back to this whole idea of social media, because I'm a, I'm a just, kind of understanding what our generation goes through. And especially with the pandemic, it's brought to light a lot of other issues and especially mental health. Why is it, why is social media so important to your brand? Yeah. To you as a um, I think, again, for me, it goes back to the relationship end of things, um, connecting with people like social media has been so powerful um, for me in business and in my personal life, like I've been able to connect with new uh, people all across the globe, I've been, you know, able to connect with, um, or reconnect with people like yourself, and I've been able to kind of keep up with um, everyone. And while, you know, not having to I guess, 
speak to them every day. Like I'm like, you're able to post something like, oh, cool. You know, he's doing this now. Right. right. And for me, for my brand, it's all about relationships. Like after I help my clients, they literally become really, really good friends of mine. And that's, I guess, that's the way that my brand is built. That's, you know, how I want people to feel when they work with me and what mm -hmm. I want people to see right now. Right. Um, so I think again, social media for me, I I'm genuinely here just to give tips to people. You want to work with me or not. That's totally fine. I'm here to help. And if you do want to work with me, my brand is important because I want them to see who I really am. Right. Um, if you, and, and if you don't want to work with me because you feel like, you know, we're different personality types, that's okay too. Like I'm totally mm -hmm. fine. Um, you know, I want to work with people that, that want to work with me. And so social media has really been able to get that message across um, to others. And so I've been, I've just been attracting people that are like me. Um, and that makes the process go a lot smoother. Um, it's, it, the feeling of the process when um, you're working with someone like you, it's so much, it's so much greater. Yeah, no, it's, it's, my mother would always tell me, be like someone like you or better than you in any aspect yeah. of they'll, they'll, they'll elevate you and raise, I would always say, why, why would you say they're better than me? And they're like, no, what I mean is they're going to, they're going to inspire you to be, be greater. But I, I like right. that, that notion uh, and, and whether it's, and it doesn't always have to be a person that's in your industry. Um, right. A lot of people get caught up. Uh, for example, myself, I always used to think, oh, it has to be a creative individual or someone in film. But again, I look at your content. I'm not in real estate and I'm inspired. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is a lot of the vlogs you see, I was telling Lou before the podcast, um, were partly inspired by uh, her content because I would see how she had the courage to look herself in the camera, look in the camera and, you know, give her thoughts about um the, the industry and what, what she's going through. And you also do it in written form on your captions. I really commend you on uh, the reason why I speak about it is because it's, it's very unique. And I think it's speaking to a lot of people and it's only going to take off from there. Um, I do have to mention though, do you face any negative feedback uh, with, with your content and how would you, how do you deal with it? Yeah, thank you. Um, oh my God, that was so incredible. And you are an absolute inspiration with everything that, that you're you. doing. It's really difficult to do what you're doing. And I think you're doing an absolute amazing job. Um, I do receive, you know, negative feedback. I think whenever you're putting out anything um, that people may not agree with. So for example, if I have any predictions about the market or such, right? Um, I don't know if it's going to happen 100%. Like, we don't know, right? And so if there's any negative feedback about that, I don't take it personally. If there's, you know, constructive um, criticism on, you know, let's say the way I'm filming my, my videos or, you know, what I'm saying or whatever, then I take that into consideration. Um, I don't take it personally because I know that things can always get better, right? Like right now my setup could, could be better. I could have a nicer background. I could, right. you know, have a better mic as we, <laughs> as we experience. You well, know, look, at me, when, <laughs> look at me, I got this mic, by the way, <laughs> I hope the audio sounds much clearer because I used to have these headphones and it would scratch against the collar if I was wearing Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a horrible experience for everybody but yes please continue <laughs> no no the mic you sound like the mic is good your your mic is, you. is is really really good so you know I know there's always room for improvement and so when I do get that feedback like the first video that you were mentioning I literally only posted that video and I think I even 
mentioned it either in the written part on YouTube, but it was mm -hmm. just literally to put it out there for me to literally break the ice. There was no edits. There was nothing. And I shot it on my iPhone vertically. And I had a friend reach out and she was like, hey, Lou, like, you know, congrats on your first YouTube video. But I just wanted to let you know, it's probably better if you tilt your phone you know, horizontally on YouTube I was like, oh yeah, you're right. That way we don't have all that black, uh, you know, space. And so um, when I first got that feedback, you know, I was a little bit, I guess, hurt because it took so much for me to even go on camera and mm -hmm. to post it, for which sure. I think a lot of people experience. Um, but then I was like, no, this is good. Like, imagine if I was still doing it that way, um, mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't be good, right? So I think um, take the negative feedback, don't take it personally. I think, you know, as anyone's channel grows or their audience grows, they're going to you know have some trolls on there or whatever but again don't take it personally I think it's a bigger reflection of them and if people are honestly offering you know good feedback and it's criticism or constructive criticism take it and implement it if you think that or if you know that that's gonna um, help your videos um, you know look better and have a better um, outreach yeah the the I told you before the podcast is uh, something that struck me as the the production value increased uh, exponentially on the second yeah. video and um but but I, I i again commend you for that because that's such a healthy right attitude to have where you got that message and you could have been like who is she to talk like like i put so much at least i'm doing it but you said you know what there's always room for improvement and uh, again you you took it you just ran with it and you can see you know how far you've come and uh, what you're creating and you know the direction you're going i wanted to mention are you on tiktok by any chance i am on tiktok i just kind okay. of started um i started and then i stopped and now i'm like slowly trickling back in uh because i wanted to give you my feedback uh Great. those videos yeah very simple those videos that you're posting on youtube just cut them up and put them on tiktok and that's so true yeah I that's should. what i do with my videos so um, I'm not, they're not going viral, but it helps you and you never know, uh, just hashtag real estate, hashtag, I don't know, re realtor or Toronto. And no, I love that VMAs. actually. Yeah. Cut it up. And what's the beauty about it is we both follow Gary V. So I know you can relate with this is unlimited content that video, right? right? I've seen them. They're like, what? 10, 20 minutes. Uh, TikTok just does a minute. So you just right. find what you really want to talk about and you do parts right? And you just kind of cut it up. So that's what I've been doing with my vlogs. And I wanted to pass that on to you. And no, I love that. I, I need to take advantage um, of TikTok because a lot of organic reach. I agree. TikTok's organic reach. Like I don't even have a lot of followers, but the amount of views that, you know, specific posts are getting, it's, it's incredible. I think it beats any, um, any platform out there minus, I think maybe Instagram reels, but no, that's, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of my goals for this month was to post 10 TikToks. And I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to post? Like, am I just going to keep doing these home tours? I don't, I have no clue. So that's right. actually really good. I'm going to make note of that. And yeah, um, may, definitely. I want to, I want to see, uh, and I, I don't know if I have you on TikTok, so I'll definitely add you up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, 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 follow me. I'll follow, I'll follow, yeah, I'll follow you back. Yeah, of course. Sure. And another social media app that I uh, probably should get on, and I see you uh, being a huge endorser of, is uh, Clubhouse. Yeah. Clubhouse. Yeah. So what's uh, what gravitated to you towards this app, and how has it benefited your brand? 
Yeah, um, I first heard Clubhouse or heard of Clubhouse through Gerard Adams. I'm part of his mastermind. And so he did a whole call on it. Nice. And in the beginning, I didn't really like understand the concept. Um, I didn't see how people would really, you know, connect or, or anything like that. But obviously, it's grown um, tremendously. And um, I am liking it a lot. It's kind of like, you know, if you were just to do a meet and greet, sit down with a bunch of people at a dinner table, and you guys are just kind of chatting, right? Um, I'm more on the real estate end of things. So I chat with, you know, realtors from all over the world about, you know, tips, tricks, um, you know, mental side of things, how to boost confidence, like the topics just keep going on and on. But it's really great, because I think it's the first platform that has been able to really connect agents all across the globe. Um, and I see this in many different sectors, too. So I see, you know, women supporting women. Um, I'm see, like, there's tons and tons of rooms. It's almost like a podcast, but in yeah. live time. That's endless, essentially endless what topics. it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great. And is it um, pretty easy to use? Like, were there any drawbacks at first um i think i mean i think with any app there's going to be some glitches at first i don't think they expect it to grow as fast as they did mm -hmm. and so i think within the first two weeks that i joined um there were some glitches where you would be in a room but your screen would be blank like you literally couldn't really do anything about it so i mean just a few app glitches here and there but other than that it's super easy um to use like i think once you go in the first time you'll nice. be able to to figure it out so yeah i think you should definitely come on i definitely you know join a room with you or whatever and yeah um, yeah no it's I've, i'm sure yeah I've, I've yet to navigate and just see what it's all about but uh, a few of my buddies i recommended it especially with film right you you go into a chat room absolutely I always love the idea starting this podcast I love the idea of having conversations and the fact that it's live that that makes it even more organic more genuine because everyone everyone people are just you know shooting ideas and talking back and forth so how how has it though um, have you made new connections through this platform and uh, new clients yeah, um, I wouldn't say so much of um, new clients. I think a lot of people when they're when they're going on Clubhouse, they're really meeting with other people in their industry. Um, I've had like a past client of mine join on a few Clubhouse calls, but that's because she's looking for a property. And other than that, I don't think a lot of people have really um, been consistent with Clubhouse, minus people in the industry, right? So a lot of realtors are consistent with Clubhouse. They have their own rooms that they're consistent with, you know, either every day, every week, whatever schedule they have. But I've been meeting a ton of incredible individuals um, in the real estate industry on there. And it's great because there's one room, I forget what it's called. I think it's called What's Buzzing in Toronto and they have it every Tuesday. And there's, you know, sh like Toronto chefs in there. There's um, like uh, investors. Uh, there's, there's just a ton of cool people in there. Um, I think one ambassador from Nike was there uh, and you just get to meet a lot of people um, through there. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really powerful. Yeah, no, it sounds like that. And uh, like you said, it, it, it gives me the impression that it doesn't have to be necessarily film or real estate. It could be like you just mentioned Nike ambassadors. So if you're yeah. into streetwear, which I'm a huge fan of streetwear, um, back to why I ended up in 507 and yeah. uh, <laughs> I still own a lot of their product. Uh, it's Me still, too. Still good. Yeah. Collar clothing, right? 
Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to mention, I want to get back to the real estate market because you mentioned earlier, uh, or maybe I even mentioned it because I can't wrap my head around it. Why is the real estate market on fire uh, compared to any other sector industry in the economy right now? Okay, sorry, you kind of cut out there a little bit oh. on, on my end, but you were asking about the real estate market and why and why it's on fire uh, compared to everything yeah, else why in is, the economy. Yeah, why is, why is it booming? Like, why is business booming? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think our market, we've been strong for quite a while. Obviously, things really took off when COVID hit, um, which is funny because, so our first lockdown happened, I think last year, mid-March. So yeah, pretty much almost just one year ago. And it was at that time, I was doing um, a developer's launch, I think literally that weekend where we shut down, unfortunately. And so everyone thought that when the lockdown was put into place, everyone was terrified. Everyone thought, the market's going to crash. And we had a lot of people hold off because they thought that Um, prior to the lockdown, we were slowly like trickling up in January, you know, things were selling fast, nothing compared to how they're selling now. Um, And, you know, once the lockdown came, everyone took a pause until I think maybe middle to end of April, they were just kind of waiting to see where the market would go. And I was able to help my clients, you know, get a few deals during that time, right? And then once I think it was end of April, beginning of May, that's when we saw the market take off again. And it just has been going up ever since, um, astronom- uh, like at a, at a rapid pace as well. Unprecedented? So that shocked, yeah, like that yeah. shocked everybody. And so there's a few factors that are adding into this, obviously, you know, with COVID, um happening a lot of people yeah. wanted to get out of the city they wanted to get into like a low-rise freehold something with the backyard and more space because the work at home order you know it took uh it took a huge toll on people um another thing is a lot of people were holding off selling on homes so you know that just created less inventory and a lot more demand right i mean at the end of the day it's all about supply and demand um you know the more supply you have and the less demand um then you know you're either at a more balanced market or even decreasing a little bit and vice versa right the higher the demand the lower the supply you know, prices are going to go up because there's so much demand and not enough supply to go to those people. Um, One other thing I will note is that right now, the market is the way that it is. And it's all from locals, right? People that live here, people that are either uh, investing that are here, people that are looking to make a move themselves. We haven't seen a huge amount of activity from foreign buyers, overseas buyers, right? So once everything opens up, that's going to play, you know, a huge factor as to how the market is going to um, continue to be. Um, But I think, you know, a lot of other things too, is that Canada is a great place to live. Right. I chat with people, you know, um, you know, on Clubhouse that are in the States or whatever. And, you know, they have nothing but good things to say about Canada. We have free health care. You know, we're not really involved in a lot of major politics that are going on in, you know, in the world. We have great 
yeah middle class we have a dominant middle class i wanted to mention and our infrastructure yeah. is well kept um Absolutely. you know i love the u.s especially los angeles but yeah. and there's really gorgeous places that are unparalleled to canada i i yet, agree right but there's some places you drive through it and you're just like wow like it yeah. may, at least at least you don't get that in canada like yeah. the garbage gets picked up and things get done really fast like maintenance road maintenance yeah. and stuff i know people complain about everything but <laughs> yeah visit visit you know like no you know like you got that that dad or like you know some yeah. uncle that's like yeah these guys take forever you I know, know how it is i'm italian so i probably hear it more often but no no yeah no, it's you, so true. you see you see these infrastructures and you're just like again some are beautiful and some are look like a, abandoned warehouses or yeah. just look like they're uncovered and that's something that i don't want to get political but um I, I know a lot of politicians were fighting for um because that's that's a growing concern and the political climate is just so polarizing too that's something yeah. that i think we can safe to say canadians are just it's just i think it's an attitude we all have right we're not going to tolerate like the stuff that happens in the states it, yeah. it feels almost like a movie yeah like, it, it's it insane you know what i mean like it, yeah and i think that's part i think that has a, a, a huge factor is because like i mentioned before is a dominant middle class um exactly it's uh <laughs> It's important to have that. Do you do you notice that uh, being an influence in, in when you're working with clients or in the real estate industry? Is yeah. that something that is discussed? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I think, um, especially you know, when it comes to investors or anything like that, like we discuss um, everything that involves what could impact um, the real estate, I guess, industry, and that's and that's definitely like one of the biggest factors. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So. It's a lot of great points that you mentioned and um, regarding like with regards to the condos, um, is there a huge, like is our places becoming more affordable in Toronto? I think that's a question that's on everyone's mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so actually condos made a comeback. I know, I think like July or June to November, mm -hmm. uh, things, condos, uh, condos everywhere really took a little bit of a dip. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, had to do with the stay um, at home work order. People were people just wanted to get out of there. Um, and in December, it shocked us all again because we jumped, you know, 75 percent um, in sales. And right. ever since December, it's just been, you know, crazy. Um, condos are appreciating again. I was helping, you know, a client of mine look for a condo townhouse, I think in October and we, and one sold for 835, a similar wow. one last week just sold for 962. So it wow. gives you, it's like, and we were like, whoa, right? And so condos yeah. have definitely made a comeback. Um, I mean, right now, all throughout the GTA in freehold in low rise um, and in condos, you know, um, we're seeing an like an increase of inventory. So if we keep seeing that increase, then hopefully, you know, the market will slow down. I think especially in the freehold sector, um, things will slow down a little bit. I don't right. know if it will, you know, impact the prices that that big mm -hmm. um but at least you know you'll be able to get a condition in there because right now everyone is going firm you know no conditions no no anything and i think um once inventory picks up it'll allow for people to feel a little bit more comfortable having conditions in their offers and maybe negotiating you know just just a little bit right or being able to see the property after you know the first day it's right. been on the market 
are there any concerns amongst your colleagues um, or yourself that I always talk about the dust settling uh, right. when all this is over? Is there any sort of implications you might fear with regards to, again, these CERB checks or lockdowns, a lot of the lockdowns that are happening? Do you think it's going to be affecting business in the future? Um, I mean, I had these concerns, I think, you know, last year in March. And I was like, you know, the the unemployment rates, like, how are people, you know, how are people going to purchase homes? And I think that's what was in everyone's mind. Mm -hmm. But it was the complete opposite. I think, you know, there are still a lot of people that are employed. Um, I personally haven't come across anyone that's, you know, lost um, their job or anything like that. Um, I've heard of it, which again, it is, it is very unfortunate. And I hope that as things do open up that they'll be able to, you know, um, go back to their job or, or anything like that. Yep. I think the biggest, the biggest thing that does concern me is if we do get a surge of inventory. So like right now we're just under 10,000 active listings in the GTA that's with condos and freehold. Okay. So that's still a seller's market. If we go up to, let's say 17,000 listings, how fast are we going to do it? And if it does come fast, um, how badly are the prices going to be, you know, like affected? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of I mean, no one can kind of predict where the market is going to go. I think if I had to pick one thing that I was concerned about, it would be that. Um, and, you know, we just kind of have to wait and see. Again, another big factor is the foreign buyers and um, overseas buyers. Right. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of them, I think, would want to invest um, in Canada, whether it's, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, wherever right it's typically yeah. vancouver and toronto um so that's one factor that we haven't seen i was on a clubhouse with two other you know top agents in vancouver and they were saying you know foreign foreign investors and um yeah we're all foreign or overseas investors you know they make up 35 percent of our market here and they've been absent so we're they're expecting their market to heat up even more um, once things start opening up again, because they've been, you know, the foreign investors haven't been present. So is that going to be the same for us? I don't know. Toronto, the GTA is a hotspot for these investors. Um, but, you know, again, we just kind of have to have to wait, wait and all. see. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're saying there was no, because my impression why the real estate market was on fire, I immediately said, oh, it's probably because of foreign investment. And you're saying that, that that's not the case? No. What yeah. you guys are, wow. It's local. Wow. It's all local. That's very interesting yeah. because when I was in the States, for example, and they, they were explaining in Los Angeles, uh, specifically Beverly Hills, during the recession, uh, there was a lot of um, money coming from Russia and China uh, buying yeah. a property, which is why the property is even more expensive than what it is exponentially. Like houses right. that are you know, the size of mine, which is not that big, <laughs> 2,600 feet going for like 46 million. Um, oh my god yeah crazy crazy prices we couldn't believe it um so you're saying that's not the case that's that's insane that, yeah. that is yeah that is unpredictable in a way because no one would think that it would go the opposite direction 
Yeah, exactly. I was ready to, you know, have an easy, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, have an easy year or whatever, but it was, it was very, um, it's very hectic. So it just shows, I guess, how strong our local market is. And then if you, again, if you're infiltrating foreign buyers again, where is that going to go? But again, it'll all come down to supply and demand, right? If we mm-hmm. have enough supply or if you have an overage of supply, then the buyers will have a chance to get into the market, maybe negotiate a little bit. If it's the other way around, then we can probably see, you know, this hot market continuing for maybe another year or so. I guess, yeah. And looking back, it would make sense why business, there's always going to be some form of business happening, especially in real estate, because uh, people like a friend of mine that's in the, in your industry was telling me people were moving out of the condos out of legitimate concern of their health and they didn't want to be right. you know, trapped like rats, like in a condo yes. uh, with yeah. you know, one person has it, the whole building has it. Correct. So what you're saying is that's where you guys thrived is yeah. capitalizing on those, those, uh, trend, those interactions. Absolutely. That's great. Well, I'm glad it worked out for you and it sounds like you had a great 2020 and uh, 2021 has just begun. And I'm looking forward to all the stuff you're going to be creating and uh, sharing with. Uh, keep up the the positive attitude and uh, you know helping uh, helping us all with uh, our well being and mental health <laughs> with those captions. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those captions. Uh, those captions. You guys should uh, you know check out her page. It's uh, they're really thoughtful and it's not even like two sentences. You go really in deep in depth about. Thank you. Uh, you know how to how to navigate through the chaos, and I think that's that's something that we all need. I know I do sometimes <laughs> when I we go all through, need it. Yeah. Yeah. When, when we go through a, either a burnout or creative block or whatever have you, but I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, Lou. Um, I plan to do more of these uh, in the future. Uh, always a pleasure having you on and, you know, talking about just people's journey and sharing their experiences and what we can learn from them. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, you know, thank you, Daniel, for having me again. It's been great connecting with you after a few years. I've been following your stuff. I've been watching your stuff and it's absolutely great. So um, I will definitely look out for other podcasts that you do. I would love to come on anytime. And so thank you so much for having me. I really, I really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you again for listening, everyone. And talk soon.